Welcome back to the really useful podcast, the tech podcast for technophobes. And I'm afraid that this week's show is going to be the last one of this current run of episodes. With me, Christian Corley, this week is Ben Stegner. Hi, Ben. Hello, Christian. I'm back and uh, it's good to be here. Absolutely. We've got, uh, obviously, last week we spoke about uh, kind of things that families can do during lockdown. And the week before that, we looked at work at home tips for similar scenarios uh this time we've got more of a looser traditional release for podcast where we just take a look at everything that's kind of current which might mean that it ties in with some of the things that we've talked about in recent weeks but at the same time it might not in some ways almost every release for podcast could be reinterpreted as lockdown and home working uh, that's true yeah, so it's, it's basically entertainment and productivity that we talk about. So, yeah, feel free to go back through the entire library of the show for further tips while you wait for new editions. We're going to kick off. And I hear, Ben, that there are not only is there a game called Tetris, which almost everyone knows, there are games like Tetris that you can actually play online along with Tetris. That's, that's true. So if you know anything about Tetris, you probably know it's super popular. It's been around since uh, the late 80s when it was developed, and it's pretty much available for every system and platform uh, known to mankind. You can get it on graphing calculators even. So if you're looking for something to do to pass some time, maybe you're working from home and need a break, uh, there's a lot of good Tetris and Tetris-like games you can play online. So um, make sure you check out the article for the full links because some of the names are a little confusing. But um, Tetris's official website has a version of the game you can play. So if you're looking just for the classic game of Tetris, you can play it on the official site um, and know that you're doing it legitimately. But there's also a lot of different um, versions of Tetris you can do. I highlighted one in the article called Tetris 3D, uh, which can you play on like a circular um, playing board where it rotates in a circle and you have to mm-hmm. um, get a long stack of blocks, not just not just in 2D. So if you want to take it to the next level, that's a great choice. Um you know, you, if you probably know if you've uh, played a lot of online like fan games that Mario is usually mixed in a lot of the time. Games like yeah. uh, Mario, the Portal and Mario Mashup. So Mario Tetris is one like that where you control Mario in the classic Super Mario Brothers look. Um, but then you come to points where you have to play Tetris to add blocks to the screen. Um, there might be a structure that's too high for you to climb and you have to yeah. play Tetris to clear it out or make a platform. Uh, so that's a really fun one. And then there's even multiplayer versions of Tetris. Um, Jstris and uh, Worldwide Combos are two sites that let you just jump into a lobby and play Tetris with other people. Um, depending on how good you are, you might get spoked and have to improve. But there's a lot of great games out there. If you like Tetris or you're looking for something to kind of put a different spin on it, there's a lot of good choices, and they're all free in that article. Maybe uh, number nine, Blockout. I remember playing that on... If not that, then a very similar game on on an Amiga, I think, back in the day. I remember when I was writing that, um, it it said it was inspired by. Let me see. There was there was one on the NES, but it was it was official unreleased prototype, and it was on the Virtual Boy too. Um, right. You know, Nintendo's Virtual Boy that was short lived. Yeah. That was like the only puzzle game I think I was trying to make like a 3D Tetris. It seems like the kind of game that would definitely be ported across systems oh here it is yeah. yeah it was the sega genesis or sega mega drive that had the original right block out so yeah there might have been a clone or some other uh game that's very similar but yeah so that's a uh, 10 
games like Tetris that you can play online for free in your browser. And uh, the link for that with the uh, subsequent links for you to follow can be found along with everything else that we talk about in today's show in the show notes. Let's move on to our next conversation. I know this, this is really, really cool. Now, if you've ever, if you've got more than one media streaming subscription, say Netflix, Amazon prime, Hulu, Disney plus, whatever, and you find yourself switching between them all to find out what's on what, you know, you know that that takes a bit of time. Just watch saves you the effort. You get personal recommendations for movies and TV shows available on Netflix, Now TV, Disney Plus, and many more services. And it lets you easily find out what show or movie is on what platform. Uh, you shared this with me earlier, Ben. I did, yeah. It's super handy. Um, I, I just came back from a trip visiting some family of mine, and we were watching movies a couple of nights, and we were trying to figure out, you know, do we, do we, did they um, have access to a service where they could stream that movie for free, like Netflix or Hulu, um, or do we need to rent it on Redbox or Amazon or whatever? So this site, this site is super handy for that. Um, if you don't want to sign up for it, you can just look up any movie that you're interested in and then right away see where it's the cheapest to rent it. And it'll also tell you if it's available for free. Um, we've talked about some free movie streaming sites before, even like IMDB TV. It'll tell you if it's free with ads on a site. So really nice to do that. And then if you want to sign up for it, um, you can get recommendations and it'll also help you um, keep track of what you want to watch and then uh, let you know when it's the cheapest time to do that. So super great. If you subscribe to a lot of services and you're trying to keep the cost down for renting movies, this is a, a must visit for sure. Yeah, it's a really, really useful tool. It's available as a mobile app. And That's right. Yep. And a website. And, and the website, as you say. Yeah. So, yeah, check that out. If you, if you, if you stream a lot, you at some point you've wondered whether something is on service X or service B that's, that is the answer right there. Just watch. Now, the PlayStation 5 is heading our way either later this year or I don't know if it seems more likely next. It's going to be 2021 now with current events. Things aren't exactly clear about it, as is the case with console launches going back decades now. You don't really know what you're going to get, what level of graphics and all the other stuff. But we know a few things, don't we, Ben? We do, yeah. So the PS5, like like you said, um, it was scheduled, so before all this um, uh, stuff started happening that, that might change it, it was scheduled for a holiday 2020 release, um, probably looking at somewhere around November, maybe the end of November, um, given when the PS4 and PS3 came out. Um, we don't know a whole lot, but just a week or two ago, Sony did a press conference that was mostly uh, aimed at developers, but they did reveal some technical details of the PS5. So a couple of highlights. Um, you can read the full article for all the details, but a couple of quick highlights. Um, the controller is going to have a haptic feedback feature. So if you've played pretty much any game console before, you know the controller has vibration where you know you get punched in the game, the controller vibrates. Haptic feedback is kind of like the evolution of that. <clears throat> excuse me, to where instead of just vibrating when something happens in a game, you'll be able to kind of feel the difference between events um, in the controller. So Nintendo's Switch controllers already do this. They call it HD Rumble. Um, so you'll be able to kind of feel the difference between, you know, knocking on a door and like someone tackling you in a sports game. Um, so that's that's a pretty neat feature. And the mm -hmm. controller is also going to have uh, adaptive triggers, which means that the developers can um, – 
kind of tweak on the fly how much resistance you feel when you press the L2 and R2 buttons. So if you're like pulling back a bow in a game, they can make right. the trigger a little bit harder to push. So it feels more like you're doing something where you're straining yourself, which is really neat. Um, the stats are uh, too much to go into here with the CPU and all that, but um, it looks like the PS5 will have stats uh, comparable to a decent gaming PC now. Um, we know that it'll have a, a custom SSD, which will solve a lot of the problems the PS4 has right now with taking forever to copy updates for games and things like that. So, um, yeah, we're not we're not 100% sure about a whole lot. Games have been um, kind of under wraps, and that'll probably change with the all the stuff that's going on in the world right now. But hopefully we'll see it by the end of 2020. And, um, you know, like most console launches, it'll be exciting at launch, but it'll probably take some time to really find its feet and be a, a must-purchase. Okay, and along along around the same time, presumably, is the Xbox Box Series X. Yeah, I, I I don't know if we have an exact release date for that. I think they said holiday 2020 as well, so that'll be you know late-ish November, I would think. Um, if the if where's, where's where's your money? Um, you know what? I don't know yet. Um, so I got a PS4. I had a PS3 because uh, I, got, I got it when I was younger as a Christmas present, and then I got a PS4 because, you know, when the Xbox launched and had all that um, stuff about always online and no use games and everything, um, yeah. I knew I wanted to get a PS4. For this generation, I'm not sure. Um, I think games-wise, I, I would probably be closer to PlayStation and, and just, you know, keeping my friends and staying on the same platform that I was on for PS4 would probably prefer that. Um I don't know. I, I tend to go for games and experience over like raw power. So even if the Xbox is a little bit more powerful, if it doesn't have the games I want to play, I'm not too worried about it. But I'm not 100% sure yet. I, I If I was buying today, probably the PlayStation, but I'll, I'll consider it when it gets closer. Okay. I'm not entirely certain. I'm thinking that maybe it's time to cycle back around to the PlayStation. Did you have you have an Xbox One, right? Did you have, did we have you an Xbox have One now? In the prior generation, 360 prior or PS3? We had 360 and okay. a Wii U and a Wii okay. before that. So and then many many years ago, PS2 and a PS1. So I am thinking maybe go back to Sony. At the moment, I'm not 100 percent certain. Yeah, I can see like people in general. I can kind of see it going either way because I think like we talked about with Xbox One when it was announced doing all that digital only stuff. I think that pushed a lot of people to the PS4. Um, but I think that I, I think Xbox has a lot of benefits now. They've really I think they've improved a lot since the beginning of this generation with Xbox mm -hmm. Game Pass and tying in with PC and all that. Yeah. So if they can they can kind of leverage that. Um, the value of the subscription and all that. If they can leverage that, I can see a lot of people going for the Xbox at the start of this generation, but time will tell. Time will tell. It always does. Now here's a little fact for you, dear listener. When we record the really useful podcast, in pretty much every case, apart from the shows that I've largely hosted myself, the show has been recorded over Skype. It's then edited in Audacity, but the, uh, the the show is conducted over Skype. We use the built-in Skype recorder. Uh, occasionally, we use secondary recording tools at the same time. And, yeah, we do it all on Skype. Sometimes Skype isn't working. Whether you're working from home or you just like to chat with people or chatting is your business, uh, Skype not working can lead to quite a few problems. So what can we do, Ben, when Skype isn't working? 
Yeah, so I, in light of everything with uh, people working from home, I, I looked at some of the, the tips to kind of walk through when Skype isn't working too well. Um, one of the first things that I always recommend is checking the Skype Heartbeat page. Um, if you didn't know, just in general, uh, most services, um, most companies, when they provide online services, they keep a page where you can check the status of what's going on. Um, so if you ever have a problem with anything, YouTube, Apple, anything like that, you can find, probably find a status page that will tell you if there's a known issue. So that's a great first thing to check. So if there's some global problem, you know, that's not just you. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, the best place to go is to um, visit Skype's audio and video settings. Um, so if you're using the desktop Windows 10 version of Skype, the app version, um, if you click on the three dots at the top left and choose settings, that's where you'll find all of Skype's options. And then audio and video um, is where you'll find all the uh, the tools to change your input and output options. Um, usually when Skype isn't, you know, you can't hear yourself, um, the other person can't see you, any problem like that, um, it's good to go in there and make sure that you have the right webcam selected and that your mic's not muted and all that because if you have a lot of different devices attached to your computer, uh, a lot of the time that can kind of get screwed up and it's not using the right device by default um, and things like that. And then I also looked in the article about troubleshooting your audio hardware. So you might have a bad cable on your headphones or something like that. So that's good to review. Um, and there's also Windows settings to review, so maybe Windows isn't detecting your microphone correctly or you have it turned down really low or something like that. But a lot of the time, a Skype problem is usually related to um, a mis- misaligned setting. So looking through those and knowing what to look for there is, is the most important. And, of course, there's more tips in the article, but that's a quick summary. Yeah, good tips. I didn't know about Skype heartbeat, so that's really cool to see. You know about the test call feature too, right? That's another important one. Yeah, I use that almost okay. weekly. <laughs> yeah, that lets you if you have, if you haven't heard of it, uh, listeners, that lets you call a test service that plays plays a few sentences so you can make sure that your headphones are working correctly, and then it asks you to say a sentence and then it'll play it back to you, so that way you know that it, your mic is working. So that's just a quick way to test that everything's okay without having to call a friend and run through that. So anyone can call that test service on Skype uh, easily. I've been uh, using Skype since almost since day one, really. And I have run into problems from time to time. And I've tried some alternatives, and they've never really stuck with me. But it seems that there's uh, st- remains a good selection of Skype alternatives, Ben. Uh, I'm looking at a list here now that you've produced. Uh, we've got Google Hangouts. We've got Line, which I've never heard of. Talks, again, I haven't come across Talks. There's Viber. There's ICQ, which is amazing that's still going, Discord, which is popular with gamers, and another one I'm not familiar with, Jammy. Any of these kind of really stuck out to you? I've used them here or there, to be honest with you. Like, you said you've used Skype since almost the beginning. Like, I I had it installed, um, like, when I was in college to chat with friends and stuff since I wasn't uh, near them. But I, I don't really video chat a whole lot, so I kind of dabble in them here and there, but I'm not, like, a 100% all-in on one app. Um, you know, Hangouts is good. Uh, as you know, Line, I haven't really dove into myself. I know it's popular in some Asian countries. I think it's pretty big in uh, Japan, I want to say, maybe Thailand. So that one's pretty big there. Talks is a uh, security focused one. So it's distributed. 
so it doesn't have like a central server where it's hosted. Okay. And so that would probably be one you'd, you'd be interested in checking out. Um, yeah. You know, they have apps for everything and uh, it's totally free. So there's no premium plan or anything like that. Yeah, I'm surprised ICQ is still around too. But all these kind of offer something a little different. I mean, apps like Viber aren't, some of them focus more on text chat than Skype does, but they all give you the option to talk to people in different ways. And Discord is, is best if you have a group of people that you're always talking to. It's probably overkill to have a, a chat with one or two people, but yeah, and I didn't know Uvu had gone. I yeah, know, you know aware. what? I I was I added it to the original version of that piece, and then when I updated it, like the site is still up, but it's um it's like an app download site. It just has links to download like Dropbox and stuff. I don't I don't understand that, but Uvu's Twitter account said they kind of shut down recently, or it was like the end of 2017 actually, so it wasn't even recently. But I was surprised too because that seemed to be pretty popular for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I use Uvu. Yeah. Well, so there you go. So there are plenty of Skype alternatives. If Skype isn't working for you, or if you want to run Skype on a different platform, these alternatives are available on Linux as well as Windows. Uh, Hangouts is available in the browser, isn't it? So that's kind of a browser plugin sort of website thing. Google Hangouts, isn't it? Is it still? Yeah, you can still use it in your browser. I don't, as long as you're using a modern browser, I don't think you have to install any plugins or anything. Okay. Um, in fact, yeah, there's no there's no desktop app for Hangouts, but there is a um, Chrome extension. Yeah, and there's an Android yeah. version as well. Yeah. Right. And Duo is a good substitute if you um, Google Hangouts requires you to have a Google account, but Duo only requires a phone number. So that's I've mentioned yeah. that in other articles, but that's they're both Google tools, obviously. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Now, as we uh, wind our way towards the end of this week's really useful podcast, there is uh, a moment to look to the future and be optimistic. That's what we need. We need some optimism. We need some optimism. You know, whatever life may throw at us, whether it is an international viral epidemic or leaving a trade union or whatever, it's always good to be inspired, and a great place to find inspiration is in movies. And I've been looking at some inspiring movies that you can watch right now with your Netflix subscription. Bring it up on Netflix, watch them now. You watch all 10 of them, that might be overkill. You might just need one. I'm going to go through the list now, and then we'll maybe have a little chat about some of them. Number one, Saving Mr. Banks, starring Tom Hanks and Emma Thompson, about Walt Disney trying to persuade... P.L. Travers to let him adapt Mary Poppins. There's a theory of everything starring Eddie Redmayne as Professor Stephen Hawking. The Boy Who Harnessed the Wind. The film about William Kamkwamba building windmill-powered water pump to help his local community. There's the Summer of 92, which I have a big particular interest in, uh, we'll come back to that because it's a little bit involved what that's actually about uh, with the pursuit of happiness Will Smith and his son Jaden Smith we've got Jersey Boys which is basically the film about the four seasons and it's directed by Clint Eastwood Steve Jobs which is the movie about Steve Jobs which isn't the other f- movie about Steve Jobs called Jobs um, <laughs> there's the same kind of different as me about uh an art dealer who has an affair and then as penance volunteers at the local homeless shelter, there is the old-time feel-good inspirational classic The Shawshank Redemption, and there is the Karate Kid remake version 
another film with Jaden Smith and also Jackie Chan. Now, these are all really good films, but I just want to go back to the fourth one, though, The Summer of 92, also known as Sommerin uh, 92, whatever 92 is in Danish. This is a kind of a... This happened in the shadow of a big international event, which seems kind of a very different international event, but it seems kind of uh, prescient. Now, so in 1992, there's a military conflict in Eastern Europe and Yugoslavia, which had just left the Iron Curtain, stopping a communist state, fell into civil war. And just a result of this was Yugoslavia being disqualified from the UEFA Euro 92 uh, soccer football tournament. And at the last minute, the runner-up in their group, Denmark, was drafted in to replace them. And everyone thought, oh, Denmark, they're just they're little Denmark, tiny little Denmark at the top of Germany, not a footballing nation by any stretch of the imagination. They're going home in the first round. And they won the competition, beating Germany in the final. So and the only person who thought that they could win was their manager, Richard Moller Nielsen. And, you know, that was that that was a competition that launched so many massive football careers in, in Denmark. Now, there was a footballer called Peter Schmeichel, who was goalkeeper for a team that everyone's heard of, Manchester United, for around 20 years. He played in that competition. He, he basically kept the balls out the net. And some people say he won the competition single-handedly. If there is an inspiring movie on that that maybe has some kind of resonance with our times... Obviously, there's no sporting events taking place in 2020, but the summer of 92 is probably one to take a look at. Do you have any favorites in that list, Ben? You know what? I, that sounds interesting. I, I, I'm not always a huge sports movie person, but I think everyone loves a good like underdog and you know, yeah. you'll never accomplish this kind of story. And then it feels really good um, when they pull it off. So that's I've never heard of that movie, but that sounds really cool. Um I've heard of most of these movies, but I, I'm kind of ashamed to admit the only one I've seen is The Karate Kid. Um, <laughs> I've seen, I'm seeing both. Uh, I think I've seen the first three original Karate Kid movies, and then I've seen the remake. So I prefer the original, of course. But um, yeah, it's the, the new one's okay. I am. Um, I'm. I feel that Steve Jobs is a much better movie than Jobs. Now I haven't seen Jobs. I didn't like the look of Jobs, to be honest with you. I, because I felt that Steve Jobs made a better fist of casting and doing the biopic thing, whereby it takes events, significant events in Steve Jobs' professional life. And the casting is better. Michael Fassbender looks like Steve Jobs. Seth Rogen looks like Steve Wozniak without pretty much any effort whatsoever, let's be honest. But I, I I just feel more comfortable with that as a movie than 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 the jobs with Ashton Kutcher to be honest. What so what I haven't seen either of them, um, but I know what you mean because I think there was um, was there were there were two movies about Edward Snowden that were kind of the same thing. Um, right. There was the who 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 played him. Um, I haven't seen either of them. Okay, let me let me look it up real quick. I think it was um, his name is not coming to me. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So there's there was that one, but then there was also a um, another one that was more. It was actually like an it was more of a documentary with him, um, and because I, I was interested in in the one with Joseph Gordon-Levitt, but then people said um, if you watch the other one, that gets more of 
what happened or more true to the story or whatever. So, so is the, is the Ashton Kutcher one, is it like more, is it less focused or what, what, what didn't it's, you like as much about it's, it? It just feels a bit more. It feels a little too reverential, I think. Okay. Like a honoring a yeah, dead yeah, king or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it never really, um, the, the, the bits of it I saw, I thought, well, I don't think I'm going to enjoy watching this to the end because this is a, this, this is a little bit hero worship, and I don't really want hero worship. I want to see people's flaws a little bit better. And I think cast, casting Ashton Kutcher was possibly a stretch as well. But yeah, he doesn't strike me as someone that would look like Steve Jobs. Yeah, and I, I think there's Steve Jobs was a kind of intense guy as well. So, and you know, I say I use the word intense with its absolute. This he was twenty four seven intense, and Mike right. Fest. Fassbender does intense really well, and I, I don't think that's quite the Ashton Kutcher range. Um, let's leave it there. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. So yeah, so um, I, I hope I've compiled a good list there that's going to you know give you something to flick on, sit through, get to the end, and feel wow. I can do anything because that that's the aim of this list. And I tell you what, I love saving Mr. Banks. I think it's a fantastic film. And I also, the thing as I have, well, I, I have to add that one to my watch list. I haven't, I haven't seen that one. Well, I'm going to give this a minor spoiler in this, but it's not really a spoiler because it's something that anyone who's watched Mary Poppins should know. Um, as I, as I say, interspersed with flashbacks of Travis childhood in Australia, it soon becomes apparent if you hadn't already realized that Mary Poppins isn't what you think it is. Because Mary Poppins isn't really about the nanny. It isn't even about the children. It's in the title of this film. It's about Mr. Banks. That's a, that sounds familiar to me. I think I remember people talking about that when this yeah. came out. Yeah, probably, yeah. But yeah, that's what it's about. So, And although Tom Hanks and Emma Thompson are in it, there's um, some extra casting in the uh, Australian scenes. I think uh, Colin Farrell plays a father. And Ruth Wilson is her mother that brings us to the end of that list and that's the end of this run of the really useful podcast as ever you can check back and look at everything we've discussed so far we've got 50 odd podcasts for you to choose and get productivity tips home entertainment tips there's a few focused editions which deal with different things such as uh, retro gaming and online security and facebook Facebook comes up a lot for obvious reasons. Until next time, it's goodbye from us. Yeah.